With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. It's Weird Islanders, the podcast, back once again. My name is Dan. That is Mike. How are you tonight, Mike? I am uh, still giddy. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, we're recording this here in uh, the middle of May. It's been some, some really hilarious locker room cleanouts. And now we get to talk about what I would consider... The first star acquisition that I can remember the Islanders making in my lifetime, like when the Islanders traded for this player, uh, even as a what was it, seven, uh, as a seven-year-old, I just remember my brother explaining to me who who this player was, mm. and being like, "Wow, like the Islanders can trade for stars, and they <laughs> and and they they want to stay here, like they they're not." immediately begging their way out <laughs> this is pretty cool like uh yeah. maybe maybe the this player will lead them to a stanley cup because uh you know that's what the islanders do they they win stanley cups all the time um <laughs> and i miss that but now that this guy's here they can get there and uh it didn't didn't work out like that but i still think um i have a very scientific way of kind of judging how a player 
is felt uh, and, and goes down in the annals of Islander history, the fan side of Islander history, not the actual like bolts and numbers. Um, and you still see this guy's jersey. On average, I would say you'll see, you know, if you if you went to all 41 home games, you'd probably see 15 of them, which is yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I believe that. He was a super popular player at the time. And like you said, was was a big deal. His acquisition was enormous and uh, ended up being enormous for a whole lot of other reasons uh, later on. But uh, this is a, this is one I'm very excited to do because I was well over seven years old when this happened. So I remember it all very clearly. <laughs> I'll get into it in a little bit. And uh, we have a super special guest to talk with us about this player tonight. He is one half of the NASA Men Hockey Podcast. And his name is John Zella. John, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm also really excited about this, if only to discuss this era of Islanders yes. hockey. <laughs> a fascinating, fascinating era uh, that honestly doesn't maybe get enough kind of scrutiny because uh, this was also a time when two owners bought the team that were, believe it or not, worse than the guy who had no money, uh, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, before we get into all that, so uh, I listen to your podcast all the time. Uh, you and James Nichols do a great job. I find your takes always very measured and, and very, very practical and very down to earth. And, and you guys do a thing that we don't do, which is the video. And it seems like you both have very nice homes. So I, I uh, 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 celebrate uh, that as well. Uh, so how long has this been for you guys? Like you, you had a couple of iterations before, right? But you've, you've been doing this particular one for a couple of years, right? Um, I think we're in season four, year three, because we started... Mm. I think right before the pandemic and it may have been February or March. And there were a couple other people. We were all writing at the hockey writers at the time. Right. And kind of discussed, Oh, we wanted to do a podcast and I didn't really know anything about it. Um, eventually it just became James and I, and um, yeah, it feels like a long time, uh, four seasons. And it was, it's been, you know, quite the ride. Uh, that, that's, you know, that's what being an Islanders podcaster is. It feels like uh, forever, you know? Yeah, I mean, and we like we like the video aspect. I think um, just trying to get out there in a different way. I think we hit the market at the right time. If there's a right time to do that for podcasts, because there just seemed to be right after that kind of a lot of things, and the community kind of welcomed us with open arms. It was um, it was actually kind of amazing. We were just reaching out to random people, and people would come on the show and and promote us. And we it, James got to know a lot of people and. Uh, I think this is like the last uh, of the, I would call major, um, not super media related podcasts or things that we've like had connections with. So I'm we're, I'm really happy to to be here, and it's awesome that uh, again as so, as somebody that's read uh, both of your work for a very long time on on Lighthouse, and when I started writing at the Checking Line, that's a that's a throwback. That doesn't even go far enough back to who we're going to discuss today. Um. I, I was I was reading I was reading Point Blank and Lighthouse. That was kind of my guide for you know what what quality was. So yeah, it's super cool to cool. be here, and I appreciate the the home. Although I won't live here oh. for for very much longer. Um, <laughs> I'm yeah. I, it's it'll be it'll be a little darker. Uh, still yeah. recording in a basement, uh, just because I think that's just what you need to do. Uh, I'm I'm living the blogger stereotype. I uh, figured just lean right in. <laughs> so yeah, no, no. I, again, I, I've been a big fan, and uh, yeah, I, I find you guys uh, always. It's what one thing we like about, and we've had other Islanders podcasters on, is that uh, everybody's got their own sort of different style, you know. So there are people out there. I was actually just telling my daughter about this. Like there are people out there. She she found out that her best friend's uncle is an Islanders fan, and he's 
she said, oh, yeah, he's heard of your podcast. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Does, does that mean like, oh, I've heard of that or, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Like it could go either way, you know, and so. I still haven't determined whether or not he actually listens to the podcast, but uh, there, there's, I, I was like, you know, some people might not like us. They might not, they might prefer some other podcasts. There's lots of different styles out there. And like I said, you guys are always, you're always very measured and very kind of practical. And I like that because sometimes even we go a little bit off the rails as if you listen to our last uh, episode where we talked for an hour and a half about the Maple Leafs uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of goes to, to that a little bit. It wasn't but, uh, enough. It wasn't, it wasn't enough. enough. Yeah. I was thinking after the, after the breakdowns, I was, I was like, I should probably text Dan. We might need to, yeah. we might need to dig our teeth into this too for another hour. <laughs> well, we're getting together on Sunday again. So yeah, we yeah. have another hour, but we'll have to see. <laughs> but, uh, but before that, we're going to, we're going to park the leaves for a little by, a while. And we're going to talk about another guy from another Canadian team. And again, I'm super excited that, that you chose this guy. So John Zella, will you please reveal the subject of tonight's episode of weird Islanders, the podcast. Captain Trevor Linden. Just the name brings up many emotions, many memories. And before we get into all this, I just want to kind of, have like a little bit of a uh, a disclaimer or a, a you know a, a little advisory. So Trevor is a little bit outside of our normal Weird Islanders games played range. He ended up playing 107 games for the Islanders, which in this period was felt like an eternity. I'm sure but it was really ended up being kind of a season and change because he came over in the late part of the '98 season and then he played the entire '99 season. But this and we were just talking about this before. Like this is a fascinating and strange era of Islanders history. Almost everybody was a weird Islander at this point, and uh, Trevor Linden was among them. And so, I mean, right off the bat, I guess I'll just ask, like, what made you select Trevor Linden from that big list we have? So I was scrolling through the list, and I was I was all over the place. Um, <laughs> I, I I was talking to you guys before we hit record about the Generation Next poster that I had, and I, I saw Eric <laughs> Fischel, and I was like, oh, that's super cool, and. Um, I love that he's on Twitter still and he interacts mm-hmm. with fans, uh, the, the older ones that remember him anyway. Uh, I was going through the list and I had written an article years ago for the hockey writers and, I, I, you know, five forgotten Islanders. And of course, Lyndon was on that with like Nemchinov and a couple other players. Um, but I was trying to think of a, some kind of personal connection. And I remembered that in my mom's attic currently on Long Island, um, mm-hmm. there is a Trevor Lyndon jersey. Wow. in the attic in, in a box uh it, it was my brother's i think i'm gonna uh i think i'm gonna take it up next time uh obviously <laughs> I, I, I it wouldn't have mattered if i wore it anyway but it would have been much too small uh but it's and it's the <laughs> and it's the night uh, yeah unfortunately it was it's uh we, di- we didn't think ahead you either got so as a kid you either got like a double xl jersey or one that fit you for six months before you grew out of it um <laughs> right. both terribly disappointing. Uh, at, mm. at a certain point in your ownership of that jersey but mm. and and the jersey is the post wave jersey and that i okay. you know i wrote down in, in kind of thinking about this and then we can kind of go into to whatever we have planned one of the weirdest things other than that he played a bunch of games for the islanders which is part of Lyndon's legacy uh or the weird part anyway um is that he brushed up ever so slightly with the fishermen even if it was the wave jersey and how yeah. weird that is for for somebody like that because you don't think of him um i guess some fans do if you remember that when he got there and and whatever but mm. um that f- that full season was the new era uh you sent me the video of their naming him as the captain uh dennis poffins giving him the jersey and that's the game it looks like they changed over because he comes yeah. out in the old jersey 
our friend at Oleg Kavasha, John Muir, did a whole uh, blog post about that particular jersey and how, if you notice, it's the old style Islanders jersey with the wavy style C. Uh, yes. On, yes. Tr- yeah. So, which is also a very unique thing and very weird. But yeah, the next season was when they introduced, I think, the regular those jerseys. That yeah, they they lost the wave after that. Yeah, I I happen to love that jersey, and I thought that that was going to be the reverse retro, just because it was. <laughs> I didn't think Lamorella would go all the way with the fisherman. I'm glad he did. Mm-hmm. There's a new generation of fans that now like this very ugly thing. Um, but I thought <laughs> the middle ground was um, that wave jersey. I just as a I don't know, green version, whatever the hell they were going to do, orange. Right. Um, I thought that was going to be it. It's a it's a beautiful jersey, and and Linden, um, because of his, I guess his timing, um, of of his entire career, not just with the Islanders, but he wore some outrageous stuff. Uh, <laughs> like when you, when you like go back to the beginning of his career with the right. the Canucks, nice. they were wearing those crazy yellow jerseys. Uh, with the skate, like not just yeah. the the black ones that people kind of yeah, it had like a shoulder the, yoke, yeah, with like it was triangles like a mix on be, it. It was mixed yeah. between the that that weird V one and mm. the the skate that then then he got to wear the you know that that beautiful iconic black skate jersey, right. um, and then he came to the Islanders and got to wear the the jersey we're talking about. Um, I mean, if you just put those two jerseys together, the the black and gold and red skate kind of aesthetic with the teal gray orange and white islanders wave jersey you just like collided those jerseys together uh, i think you'd open up a wormhole <laughs> and it's just a, a two outrageous things yeah. um and like i mean he wore then then he goes and he wears you know a canadian's jersey he, he which is just this beautiful iconic hockey jersey uh and then he gets to towards the end of his career when he goes back to vancouver uh, when when they did their rebrand, like he's wearing that blue, which I kind of like. Like I, I, it's definitely grown on me. Yeah, yeah, with the orca, with the way they kind of redid it. Um, lately, uh, so he, yeah, he wore both versions of the orca. Like mm. this guy, man, did he he wore some it's quite a some, collection. Yeah, yeah, some threads. <laughs> I mean, and and when he was with the Capitals, I guess did he wear that was still the Eagles. The right? yes. that was, yeah, that yeah. was definitely still yeah. the Eagles. So yes. he this guy, man, he he's yeah. he's worn some. Some great, he's touched them all. He's touched yeah. them all. And and thinking <laughs> about true. 90s jerseys and some of the crossover, I have a Mighty Ducks jersey in my closet mm. next to the Fisherman. And you'd think like those colors all together, that, that happened. That existed yeah. on the ice together. Yeah, it was a crazy era. Everybody was trying different stuff. I mean, even the Penguins had that, like the, the sci-fi Penguin or whatever. And you had expansion teams. I mean, the Lightning were wearing that jersey with the, the storm on it. So it, it was always, it was a very creative era. And then everybody hated everything. They went back to sort of normal stuff. And now that stuff is coming back. And as you saw, yeah. like, you know, the response to the, the re- reverse retro fisherman was huge. People people love it. There's some people still hate it, but I think more people it, just like it now. It was a civil war. It was. Yes. It was <laughs> and, and I guess every jersey kind of of, of the 90s, uh, yeah. when they come back, like there is like these mini fan base civil wars. And, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It's I'd, I'd, I'd love to to like talk to a Capitals fan about mm-hmm those eagles jerseys and be like i would love to to meet some people who who are on both sides of this and yeah. and see if it gets as uh ornery yeah. as things do on the island when when the fisherman's brought up and oh. it's like uh you know brother against brother yeah. you, you don't talk to your uncle for a few months because you said that you you know i i like the fisherman jersey i have nostalgia <laughs> for it uh because 
I saw some of my favorite players wear it. And uh, he's like, well, I was around for the dynasty and mm. it's, it's a disgrace to me. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure I was Canucks fans have a, a lot of civil wars yeah. over. There's so many jerseys. they have. Well, they've got to have the most, right? Right. I'll say that I was a little surprised with the reverse retro. I mean, I'm not because it was nineties based. So that, uh, that t- particular time period with when the fisherman mm. was around, but given the anniversary, uh, like the 92, 93 Jersey, I thought they would bring that one back because I don't, mm. I guess it depends on what year you're looking at, but going into the 93 playoffs, 2023, I was like, I, maybe that'll be hot again. It's kind of been right. 30 years and they can bring some players back and like make it a whole thing. I have um, the a 93 Jersey with the, the Stanley Cup patch, but it's a Casparitis jersey, which always that's, gets that's me beautiful. Uh, a yeah. compliment when I when I wear it to a game. Oh, just a hug. <laughs> Someone just gives you a big hug when you wear it. Like, yeah, uh, that's. I've yeah, gotten that's compliments with that in like other cities in Ottawa or anything. I'll, I'll wear it around, and people just stop me like, "Oh my god, that's it!" While I was in the bathroom, like at the urinal in Ottawa, I'm pretty sure someone like tapped me on the back and like, "Sick jersey." And I was like, "Nope." Uh, but what, this is not a jersey discussion. This is a discussion of the man in the jersey, Trevor Linden. So bef- let's let's start before he got to the Islanders, and then uh, get to the, the trade that brought him to the Long Island. So Trevor Linden was a star. Like this guy was a second overall draft pick in the '88 draft. Fun fact: Mike Medano was number one in that draft in Minnesota, and um, immediately went from Medicine Hat, Alberta, to Vancouver, and just became. Uh, a linchpin for the Canucks right off the bat. He was second in Calder Trophy voting in 88-89 to Brian Leach. And he ended up having a spectacular career for the Canucks. Uh, 33 goals, three times, 80 points in 95-96, a couple all-star games. And of course, as we all remember, uh, he went captain them to the 94 Cup Finals where they lost to the Rangers in Game 7. My favorite Trevor Linden fun fact is that the Canucks lost Game 7 3-2 to and one man scored both of the goals for the Canucks in that game, and it was Trevor Linden. <laughs> so his loyalty and dedication to the Canucks cannot be questioned. Uh, but by the time 1997 rolled around, things were different. Their run to the cup had you know, not really produced any kind of like dynasty or anything. And Pat Quinn was out. Mike Keenan was in as GM. <laughs> and all of a sudden, one summer, they signed a big-time free agent named Mark Messier. And this was the end of Trevor Linden's time <laughs> as a Canuck. Um, and cause Linden gave him the captain C this was a huge signing and this went disastrously for the Canucks. Uh, John, do you have any like recollection of this particular thing? Cause I do, I'll get to mine in a minute, but like, do you remember like when Messier went to Vancouver? Uh, if, as that was a, like, is that a thing that sticks out for you? Are we, are we starting our new podcast? Weird Canucks now? Yeah. Mark <laughs> we could. <laughs> our our spinoff episode. I yeah. I think I remember Messier going to Vancouver more than Linden coming to Long Island. Although mm. I re- I know I remember Linden being there. I, like I remember getting the jersey and like going to the games and things like that. Mm. But I remember that being a really big deal. I'm still confused about that. I, I didn't quite yeah. understand the reasoning behind going out to to a city like that. It just didn't. He seemed like a a Steve Eiserman. Joe Sackett yeah. type where they're just going to be with the one franchise. They brought the, you know, first Stanley cup and however many years it was um, to, to New York. And I, I didn't quite understand it. That's not, that's about as much as my, my recollection goes for, for this. I'm a, <laughs> I think I'm about uh, Mike's age when it, when it comes to this. So I'm kind of like, 
I guess if they put it on the back of a hockey card, if Upper yeah. Deck talked about wrote about it on the back of a hockey card, I, I remember. Mm. Um, but not much more than that. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I remember Messier because one of my brothers is is a Ranger fan, uh, and his his best friend at the time, and and like my family best friends uh, still to this day, uh, w- one of the most iconic shit talking Ranger fans I've ever met in my life. <laughs> my mom's best friend, uh, Teresa. She, uh, um, I just remember how crushed they were uh, mm. when when Messier was gone and, and and because i the one thing i remember about it is that he talked about it being like a, this like big homecoming mm. and it was like a huge deal that he was going to 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 vancouver um you know the team in, in bc or whatever and uh it, it almost felt like he was saying like to to ranger fans and i guess oiler fans in in some way like this is this is actually my this is the team like this is my team like this is the team of my youth and whatever and I'm so, you know, I am a Canuck almost. And and I just remember thinking like, oh man, that must have really hurt my brother's feelings like that, <laughs> to, to hear that kind of stuff. But, uh, and, and I feel like there was a picture I can remember of him at like the press conference, like a yes. famous picture yes. uh, of Messier up there. So there was, and he was there. This is when they introduced the, um, the Orca jersey because they were owned by a company called Orca Bay Entertainment at the time. And they had changed the colors from the black and gold and, and red to this like blue maroon silver kind of weird thing. And uh, so Pat Quinn was the GM. He had been the coach of the Canucks. He went to the GM. Tom Rennie was the coach now. And they, when they signed Messier, he puts on the Jersey at the press conference and he puts his arms up like with his fists, you know, kind of like a big victorious pose. So this is a time, and I'm going to mention this a couple of times. I was an intern for Stan Fischler at the time. So I was out of college or at least in college. And we had the, um, do you remember the NHL, fact and record book like the big it was kind of a big huge book with all stats and everything going back years every franchise and they had they had always put out different editions with different covers and we had the one in the office with messier on the cover with his arms up in the air in the canucks jersey and i remember i thought it'd be funny to take a sharpie marker and draw two big money bags underneath his fists uh in the canucks jersey and i wish i had kept that book because it'd still be funny to this day but i think it was just a, a money thing with him. He was just like, the Rangers didn't offer me enough. And so I'm, I didn't, I, what you just said, I don't remember at all. Like this whole kind of home. He's from Edmonton. He already played in Edmonton. I don't understand why he thought Vancouver was a homecoming for him, but uh, I think he just signed there for a lot of dough. He was yeah. 37 yeah. years old. Like <laughs> what are, you won all these cups. Like yes. you're, you're worried about the money. It's just, it's amazing yeah. what the mindset is and how he wouldn't have. I mean, I I don't recall the Rangers at this particular time. Yeah. So if they were just rebuilding and, and they were like, we're not spending any money on, yeah, on older players and and yeah. everyone's out. I guess I understand, but I, I mean, he ended up coming back anyway. So yeah, he it came, didn't yeah. Really matter. <laughs> he was in but, Vancouver long enough though. He came back. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was forty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He man. spent three years. He was a, it was a three year contract, and then when it was up, he signed with the Rangers. So. Him going, so Mark Messier going to Vancouver, again, was a weird thing because, A, why would this guy leave the Rangers to sign, like you said, John, like, why why would Mark Messier leave the Rangers? Well, he did. That's number one. Number two, uh, okay, I guess he's the captain now, and but we already have a captain. Trevor Linden stepped down as captain and gave Messier the C because he was, like you said, he's won everything. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, the other thing was uh, they had already retired, basically, number 11. <laughs> in honor of uh, uh, a guy named Wayne Mackey, who died in 1974. And uh, now 
you can't not have Mark Messier wearing 11. So they unretired it uh, and gave it to him, which pissed off Canucks fans. And basically he just, Canucks fans were never really cool with this. Uh, maybe if he had, you know, had an all-star season or whatever, maybe they would have been, but started out on the wrong foot and just got worse and worse from there. Eventually again, Quinn was, I guess, uh, let go. Uh, Tom Rennie was let go and somehow Mark, uh, Mike Keenan ended up in charge. And in order to kind of break the tension in the locker room, uh, he decided to trade Trevor Linden, longtime Canuck, Canuck hero to Long Island uh, for three pieces. Uh, third round pick, which ended up being Yarko Rutu. Just got those kind of funny. <laughs> Defenseman Brian McCabe, who ha- was the Islanders captain at the time, and a big six foot three winger named Todd Bertuzzi. We'll get to those guys in a second. Let's let's focus on Trevor for a second. <laughs> this was kind of a big deal at the time. And like Mike said off the top, like he was a star. And the Islanders didn't have stars, particularly at this time. It was news Trevor Linden was expecting to hear. It was the source that caught him off guard a bit. The equipment trainers seem to know everything first because they're in charge. They're, they're the key guys. So uh, actually, I was in working on my knee and Patty O'Neill came and grabbed me and said, uh, we just got traded. And I was like... Um, Slightly surprised. But not a whole lot surprised. Linden has been resigned to a trade for some time now, aware that his decade with the Canucks was about to come to an end. It's been a tough situation here for the last couple of months from a team standpoint, and I think Mike has been frustrated, and I think that uh, when you look to change things, I think you look to change probably the things that have been the same for the longest. And there was nothing more constant for the Canucks than the man wearing number 16. The second pick in the 1988 draft, Linden came to symbolize hockey in Vancouver, both on and off the ice. But things changed this season. Linden gave up his captaincy to Mark Messier. And when Mike Keenan was brought in to help right this sinking ship, Linden's stock in Vancouver began to nosedive. I'd seen him play in the, in the playoffs in 94, and I wasn't seeing the same player. So I knew it, and I'm sure he has it uh, in his own repertoire to play to that level again and that, that that should be his own expectation you know i think that there's part of you that always believes that you know you're you're gonna remain here and you, it's gonna happen here for you i mean there's a small part of me got smaller and smaller and you can bet his desire to stay here took a big hit on that infamous night in st louis when linden was ripped in the dressing room by his coach criticisms later repeated by keenan in the media I thought that I would be his type of player and someone he would enjoy um, coaching and, and uh, wanted to be a part of it, definitely wanted to be a part of it. If I had to do it over again, I wouldn't have said anything, but uh, it was an honest emotional attempt to a degree to, to help uh, get him over a hump at, the, at a stage in his game where I felt that he had to move forward. Instead, he's moving to New York. So who are these guys the Canucks got in return for the player who was once considered the cornerstone of the franchise? I think it's more on the on the trade front what the Islanders gave up. That's yes. two-fourths of the uh, – yeah, that's half of the poster. You know, that we, <laughs> generation right? next is gone. Yeah. yeah, it was generation left. <laughs> you know, so it was – and, you know, Fischo was nothing to write home about it at this particular time. And, um, yeah. and obviously Pelfi was uh, who Pelfi was. And so that's, I think, the hardest thing, I think, looking back on this and and maybe at the time, just, you know, this was pretty formative period in my Islanders fandom. And I kind of got to know those players 
And then, especially the captain of the team, like you always know who the captain is. And yeah, I mean, it was, I guess at that time, you don't really know that the Islanders are bad, but you know (laughs) the players you like like when you're seven, eight years old, nine years old, whatever. Um, So I didn't really know that they were bad. (laughs) I just remember being at games. It just, Mm. you know, was whatever, which is why I don't, you know, we're not going to get into this necessarily. It's why I like the fishermen and the wave jerseys because. I don't know. Is when I showed up to games. That's a, that's what they were wearing. So right, it was just a cool that. thing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just. Yeah, that's just from my childhood, and uh, nostalgia takes over. So that mm. was that was big. I think for the just the, like Bertuzzi and McCabe mm. leaving and looking back, it's just obviously aimlessness from the, <laughs> the, the franchise and not knowing what it wants to do. And yeah, I don't know what they thought was gonna work by bringing in somebody. That had, I believe, both knees had surgery by this point. Maybe like, oh, before this season, so yeah. he was injured. He didn't play well in the Olympics that year. Yeah. Um. So you're giving up two players that mm. Bertuzzi at this point leaves a little bit to be desired. Um, yeah. And McCabe's your captain, so I, I don't. I don't, I would love to know what the actual thought process was, not what, <laughs> not what uh, the GM at the time said in the media, yeah. but what did you, what did you think was going to happen? You, right. You're bringing in this guy who's a 10 year vet, which is great, but this is what you're giving up. What's the, it's a long-term mm. play here. And, and, and Milbury definitely had a type. Oh yeah. You know, and, and bringing <laughs> in Linden because a few years later he brings in Pekka, which right. is just a, Different version of Trevor Linden, <laughs> shorter version of Trevor Linden, basically. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, both this with, is... with great hair. Yes, <laughs> I mean Linden. Linden to this day is still really handsome. Like he He's looks very like a guy. Yeah, yeah, he looks like a guy for, who could be cast in like the OC mm. in, in like the early aughts. Is a is like a dad <laughs> on the OC or something. But he, uh, yeah, like I said, my so my brother was geeked up and explaining to me like this is a star player or whatever, and um, I. One of one thing I I look back on now, and like I said, I was really young, and but you look at the roster as as it's put together, and and it gives you so many. It gives me a lot of that the the mercenary kind of era, as as we've been mm-hmm. kind of like referring to it as, like right after the oh four oh five lockout, when the Islanders just started <laughs> get putting together a team chock full of other teams, right. You know, you know, veterans that yeah. yeah you just look at this team and you're just like trevor linden is playing with you know uh sergey nemchinov and yeah. it's it's just an absolute <laughs> dis- how yeah robert reichel joe sacco like yeah. this this team and kip miller his first yes. his first spin on the island uh but so that that always sticks out to me that that this becomes like a just a a, a team of names that guys so just a lot of guys on this on this one and uh the other thing is the kind of ripple effect of this trade, which of course you don't see coming is, you know, Bertuzzi goes on to have a very strong, but controversial career mm. um, with Vancouver. And, you know, he, he had to get off the Island. I remember, I think it's something with like him and Travis green once like did an interview a few years later where they're like, yeah, we needed, we just needed to get out of there. Like, yeah, that's just what, you know, how it was. <laughs> um, and then, of course, like you think about McCabe going, kind of coming back around 
five years later uh, and, and being a part of what was the first truly iconic moment for the Islanders in my lifetime. Like this, mm-hmm. this trade ends up kind of setting off this butterfly effect of right. uh, careers dispersing in different yeah. directions. He ended up being a villain in that episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, he trips up Sean Bates, the mm-hmm. can opener, the Brian McCabe <laughs> iconic can opener. But so while those guys kind of go off onto these crazy uh, paths that mm-hmm. uh, for McCabe, you know, takes him to Toronto, Pertuzzi, his career, uh, his, you know, Vancouver, then Florida, and just like Detroit right. becomes a, I think he's, he, he, what, he won one or two Stanley Cups, but Linden's kind of just, it was, it was almost like if, as if he took a couple years off, right. he just like played for the <laughs> Islanders for a little bit. And then he was back on Vancouver. He, you know, he did a couple other, uh, mm. you know, jaunts around the league, but then he's back on Vancouver and there's just this funny little gap in his, in his career where he just didn't play for the Canucks for a few seasons, but he found his way back while the trade actually sets off these, these kind of firecrackers in other directions, but outside of his, you know, you know, moving across the continent and playing for a different team. It's not like it, it, the trade really did so much to throw his career into a a tailspin. He was still this beloved Canuck when he got, when he went back to them, like he is Mr. Canuck, even though he played, he got traded away and just found his way back. It's, it's really weird. It's a little bit like Matt Martin's two years in Toronto, right? Like nobody, you know, whatever, who cares? That didn't mean anything. And he's just back and he's just, people always, people are only going to think of Matt Martin as an Islander. That's it. Period. Going back, Mike, to what you had said earlier about like just this is just uh you know the word salad equivalent of a hockey team at, yep. <laughs> at this at this point um there's really good pieces at this time I don't quite understand it like if he had, if there was just a little bit of patience on yeah. Milbury's part I, I get, it may have worked because you look back and Linden mm. gets on the team again it's it's crazy crossover with Chara. And mm. Rich Pilon, uh, Zerkowski, uh, Kenny Janssen, Brard, Reichel, Palfi. Like, those are good players for the Islanders. And wind up, you know, Palfi continued to have good seasons after the Islanders. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think some fans probably rightfully just want to forget that he had left Long Island and, and mm. continued to be good because he was just so good and not, you know, utilized properly. Um, but those te- like looking back at those teams, there was something there. As crazy as as the time period was, it was everyone was very young. Maybe it was yeah. just not the not the right group at the right time. But all of them, t- I mean, the goaltending was bad. Tommy Salo and yada yada. But they're good names here. Like yeah. Reichel's legit. I don't think people give him enough credit. I think Robert Reichel might be one of the most underrated Islanders of all time. Like when yeah. he came over with Palfi, they were dynamite right out of the gate. <laughs> the two and- of them, you know. The, the so the thing about Reichel that drives me nuts is uh he was on that Leafs team in 2002. Yes. And I just was like okay, like he was awesome with us and now I hate him. <laughs> I hate like I I just like that, that team broke my heart. Yeah. It's the same thing with McCabe. Like like those yeah, guys were, that team made me cry. Mm-hmm. Uh we we you know we we talk about a lot on Islanders anxiety that they're just some some moments that just get end up getting spoiled for you because of what happens afterwards and Robert Reichel becoming uh, not just a player on that team, but like he was really good for them in that series. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty sure he scored in uh, game seven or mm-hmm. six, uh, five or seven or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I don't, 
uh, I just don't like him anymore because of it. And <laughs> I see his, you know, you'll see his jersey every now and then because he was really good in that era, and the jersey was cool. And mm-hmm. him and Poffy had some sort of, uh, you know, like the, uh, you know, Bash Brothers, the opposite of Bash yeah. Brothers, like <laughs> going on, thing going on. And uh, but once yeah. now I just can't. I can't, whenever I think and hear the name Robert Reichel, I just think about that Leafs team and I get so mad. It's crazy that those guys conspired to uh, almost kill Kenny Johnson in that series. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which is like, dude, a couple of years ago, you were on, this, on the team with this guy. It's funny that you mentioned the, the talent on this team because and I was just thinking about this in preparation for this episode. Like, So this was 98 when Trevor came over. It was actually on February 6th, 1998. And this was just before the... Olympic break happened. So he came over, he played a bunch of games. He was named captain. They had a whole ceremony. We talked about that a minute ago, but he got the jersey from Dennis Potvan, put the captaincy on. It was a big game against the Flyers. And finally, with the sale of the New York Islanders complete, the new ownership group took time out to honor the past and welcome the future. The night began with the return of the greats who led the Isles to four straight Stanley Cups in the early 80s and culminated with Trevor Linden being named the seventh captain in Islanders history. It was a big surprise, obviously. A big honor when you look at the list of uh, guys I'm following. So it was a great uh, tradition here, and uh, I'm proud to be a part of it. Then they had the, the Olympic break. Reichel won a gold medal with the Czech Republic that year, which is that was the Nagano year. Yes. And then they came back. And I remember that break, watching the Olympics, being very excited. And I was, but the thing that was getting me excited was that, like you said, the Islanders had acquired this guy who was a star player. Yeah, okay, fine. They, like, I, real quick on Bertuzzi, like, by the, by the point at which they traded him, everybody wanted his ass gone. Like nobody wanted this guy around anymore. He had checked out. He had had a good first rookie year and then just never, never equaled it again. He'd been surly. They tried to have like Clark Gillies teach him how to be a power forward. And that didn't work out. Um, and so to be and then, fair to, to Linden at this point, when he comes in in that season, yeah, he has 17 points in 25 games. Bertuzzi yeah. had 18 and 52. So <laughs> Linden, yeah. least, if you're going for like number, you know, dollar for dollar, Right. Um, you know, trade here. At least there was there yeah. was that to hang your hat on it, at, at least in the very beginning. Nobody thought that Bertuzzi would become like a 40 goal scorer, which he had, you know. And then McCabe, yeah, he was the captain, but like, we could live without this guy. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> like, it was, it was fine. We got goddamn Trevor Linden. This is a huge deal. And so this, at this point, you know, they had missed the playoffs like whatever it was, three or four years in a row at that point. Of course, they were going to miss them another four years. This was the moment in which... I was the most excited I had been in years because I thought, like, like you said, John, I looked at this roster and I was like, this, has, this looks like a playoff team to me. Like if they can start to string some wins together, you know, Salah would have his moments and look pretty good. They could be in the mix. They were not far out of a playoff spot at that point. And, you know, things can happen. I forget what the format was at the time, but I was, I was convinced that this was going to be a playoff team at that time. And again, I was an intern for Stan Fischler. And I remember telling Stan, like, I can't believe the Islanders got Trevor Linden. I, I think they can make the playoffs. And he was like, yeah, maybe we'll see. <laughs> so uh, that was it. And then of course the whole thing came crashing down, but like, do, do you remember? I mean, I, I, you know, I keep asking these questions and you were like seven years old, but like, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're in the environment there. You talked about going and, and enjoying the games. Like, do you have memories of Trevor playing uh, during that period on the Islanders? It's, it's really tough. I, I remember my first where like I actually remember being at the game was the game they clinched the playoffs 
after all those years. Okay. So the the, the win against the Capitals, right? I was I I remember I went uh, back to my grandpa's house and we drew up posters about how they won, like we were <laughs> drawing the back page of a newspaper or something. So like anything before that, I remember briefly. I wish I had a better memory because I I think I went to a game with uh, against the the Hurricanes and the Penguins and. I was in a building with Yager, right? So I, I, yeah. I don't, I unfortunately, just don't remember any of this. And and Lemieux, mm-hmm. right? Which is just incredible. I, I remember his 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 jersey pretty well, and I remember how he looked like on the ice. I remember that this like being. Uh, He's a big like, dude. Yeah, big dude. Yeah. Big yeah. Th- those jerseys felt really baggy, especially the yeah. the ones where he was the captain, the the mm. the navy, uh, those navy blue and the white ones. Um, I don't know. Those ones always just looked like they were bigger. Mm. Uh, and I guess every every jersey back then was bigger than what they wear now. But uh, and so I remember that, and I remember his style. And maybe this is just some sort of like weird uh, Mandela effect kind of thing going on in my brain. But for some reason, I think of him and his skating and like the way he moved on his ice because he was like big and kind of lengthy and it wasn't like all that fleet of foot. But he, you could see you felt his presence on the ice. Mm. in a way and this is you know, me talking more about him as as a canuck because I, I mean i don't really remember specifics about him playing but uh like i just think i'm keep thinking about ryan smith a little bit like i'm, I'm like because yeah. and i think it's just the aura more than anything mm. oh definitely uh, you, you know like here's here's this canadian kind of specimen uh wearing an islanders jersey and this guy has the c on it like this is mm. this is pretty cool uh and uh, like n- now going back to it it's just it's funny just to think about how many times like the Islanders over the years have have traded for these iconic <laughs> kind of captain material guys, yeah. uh, whether it be Wendell Clark, mm-hmm. uh, Lyndon oh, Smith, yeah. Bo Horvat, uh, it's it's <laughs> Yashin, Pekka was Pekka, Pekka yeah. Yashin. Like it's just these guys. We, you know, we think about the Islanders as this. You know, they kind of operate in their their own universe compared mm-hmm. to the rest of the NHL and somehow the they just uh abduct like a bunch of aliens they just come and abduct <laughs> a, a captain every now now and then and right. they put him uh That's they put him cool. on the island and i never thought yeah, about that yeah, Lind- Lyndon right. is one of them yeah i mean muller like you go it, oh, yeah <laughs> it's just it's it's you go all the way back to My basically God. the the post dynasty kind of glow as soon as mm. that ended <laughs> it was That's just funny. like mike milberry's a job every morning was like i gotta get up and i gotta find yeah. us you know, I'm sure he called. I, I would love to know some of the the other guys he probably called on. I'm mm. sure he called Dallas. He's like, "All right, what if we give you every draft pick from now until 2003 for Mike Madano?" Well, he and, wanted to yeah. sign Jeremy Roenick. That one. Jeremy, not, Jason, Jason, Jason Allison, Jason Allison. Yeah, yeah, like he was like, not a captain, but yeah, time, but, but still, but those are guys that you think yeah. like, oh. you know, those he are captain material. I mean, you can even go yeah. with Bill Guerin, like going to the Bill oh, yeah, Guerin yeah, yeah, kind Garin. of thing. Like, wait, there's another wait. one. Yeah, yeah, wait. <laughs> Milbury had a type. John said it before. Yeah, it's true. It, it's it's a hockey men thing. Yes. Oh, definitely. And especially like through this time period until maybe very recently, although Lamorello is still very much one of those hockey men with a very specific <laughs> yeah. agenda and like grocery list of who the players are. And I need th- these are the ingredients that that worked that one time, and we're always gonna. I don't know why it's not working now, but maybe it's the water is different, and we're, we'll change arenas. Like we'll make it better. And uh, change the the jersey. Take out the green. It'll be it'll be just as good. But I, yeah, it's it's 
there's definitely a formula, but it's even between GMs too, I think, Mike, to your point, right? Over time, even with Garth Snow, is also kind of continuing that. Kenny Johnson might be the only not weird captain right. over that period of where he wasn't like taken from somewhere else necessarily. Yeah. yeah. And who was right after Lyndon um, yeah. and, bef- and before Michael Pekka. But, right. Well, he didn't particularly care for being the captain, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kenny Janssen. Yeah. So he was. I think Janssen, was, I remember. Yeah. Like, it's funny. I think right after Linden is when I really remember, yeah. uh, for, which for the purposes of this podcast is terrible. <laughs> uh, but I, don't, I, I do remember a little bit more af- afterwards and, and going through that. Because I remember like Claude Lapointe, who was on the team, mm-hmm. seemingly right. it, it, yep. for a lot shorter of a time than it felt like for some reason. Yeah. Um, you know Zerkowski and and a bunch of those guys. I remember Brian Berard for some reason. Well, that's 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 what this podcast is. We 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 just who's your weird Islander? It's Trevor Linden. Okay, here's all the guys he played with, right. and then we just start end up talking about you know because when as soon as you brought up being at that Capitals game, the, mm-hmm. the, I always just get choked up thinking about the uh, the three stars of that game when when right. they they introduced. I think it was who was a Web Janssen and Lapointe, the three right. longest tenured the longest Islanders. And, yeah, and they were like I was just crying. like, this is just. That that was the uh, that was probably like the one time where like Charles like a Charles Wong kind of PR marketing department like did something very touching. It felt like and it landed, and I was like, that was very classy. Like the yeah. Islanders back then were were definitely not the, you know known to be uh, this this classy outfit mm-hmm. that that has touches like that that the, the Montreal Canadiens are famous for doing. But yeah, uh, that was definitely one of them. But yeah, I'll tell you a story about the um, Charles Wong, though. So my uh, and this it, this is loosely related, uh, if only just for a cool story. I don't I don't know if I've maybe I've told it on on Nesmith Hockey. But when Charles Wong owned the team, my mom also worked at Computer Associates. Mm. So we'd get a list the day before of all the Islanders that would were going to come into the office. And I'd bring out all my hockey cards and I'd give them to my mom. And she would get them all signed hmm. by by the players at this time. So it, I don't know that it lasted all that long. And of course, it's probably right after Lyndon left because I don't. Well, he also predates the Wong because again, this right. was like this Just was after barely. Spano, but bef- but during the Gluckster and Milstein era when right. they were stripping it down, <laughs> which is again the worst. These guys are the worst of the worst. Um, but and and you know, they, so they pinch penny. Well, all right. So first of all. Trevor comes over, uh, plays well, like you said, uh, you know, towards the stretch, but the Islanders cannot put together a playoff run and in fact end up a mere 12 points out of the final playoff berth in the East that year, which was taken by the Ottawa Senators. The Islanders finished with 71 points, 30, 41, and 11. Senators finished with 83 points at 34, 33, and 15. Real drug- juggernaut team that was. Uh, but the Islanders did beat the Rangers, and uh, they only had 68 points. So uh, that was with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pretty cool. But I mean, I, again, I was excited. Like, I thought they were going to have a good season next year, this year after. And despite the penny-pinching ways of the Gluckstearns and Milstein era, they actually re-signed Trevor. I don't know if he was a UFA or an RFA. I don't know if they even had RFAs at the time. But he stuck he stuck around for the 98-99 season. But this was the year that Ziggy Palfi held out. They never quite got set. Um, and uh, Palfi only played 50 games. Reichel led them in scoring 56 points. Linden... 18 goals, 29 assists, 47 points. So not bad, but not great. Uh, but that team just was not good. That was the Felix Potvan year. They traded Brian Burrard. Uh, we've obviously started the season talking about Felix Potvan. So things went downhill in a hurry to the point where at the 1999 trade deadline, there was a lot of discussion about trading Trevor Linden. And he actually held on to him, like Milbury did. Uh, and But we didn't know what was going to happen because at that point we knew who these owners were. They were cheapskates and assholes and bastards. And we did not know where this was going to go. And so even though he wasn't traded at the deadline, Trevor Linden was eventually traded in the summer of 1999 to Montreal. Milbury called him a class act. And I got to be honest as a person. So I was around the island. So the 98-99 season, I was an intern for the Islanders. And I was actually around the team and Trevor Linden a lot. And I agree with Mike Milbury for once in that he was a bit of a class act. He was very nice. He was, uh, you know, he was a very studious and a very intelligent guy even then. And, uh, you know, friendly, you know, was, you talk to him and stuff. He, I was an intern, so I, he didn't have to give me the time of day. But, you know, we talked a couple of times. It was kind of cool. But, um, yeah, his his tenure only lasted that one full season and then the, the couple of games before. That really sucked when when they traded him. But I remember that that was much less of a an event than when they got him. Like it was just sort of like, yeah, they they just traded Trevor Linden to Montreal. Like that was it. And like to Mike's point from before, if people don't remember his Islander tenure, they sure as hell don't remember his Canadians tenure. And they definitely don't remember his Capitals tenure, which is like, whoa, what? Uh, and then eventually he went back to uh, to Vancouver. Uh, yeah, he was traded by Montreal eventually. So he got traded to Montreal from the Islanders. They got a first round pick for him, which is pretty good. They got Branislav Meze. A uh, defenseman in that legendary '99 draft. I thought he was he was a sure thing. Wow, he was he was a monster. Yeah, he was a big dude. Yeah. He was huge, and and um, I think it was you know him and him and Kevin Holler. Like originally, Kevin Holler was going to be like his mentor. Then Meze got hurt, and who who ends up coming in to the picture uh, was was Radic Martinez, who I think actually ended up you know taking Holler's spot on that 0102 spot uh, team because Holler got hurt, but. Yeah, Meze. Uh, first of all, the list of players that are connected to Trevor Linden trades 
It's crazy. From you know Bertuzzi, yeah. McCabe, McCabe, Yarko, Rude to yeah. Beze. We haven't even gotten to the the best one yet. Tree, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's 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 outrageous. And uh, but yeah, Meze was someone. Man, I, I, I who, who who was the Islanders beat writer? It must have been Alan Hahn or something. Mm-hmm. When when they ended up trading him to Florida or just losing him to Florida somehow, being like, yeah, you know, that, that was like unfulfilled potential. And and I felt like my friend, like my only other friend who was an Islander fan was like, I thought you told me this guy was going to be good. And I was like, well, he's going to be good for Florida. You just watch. And uh, <laughs> he, he wasn't. <laughs> he, he was, uh, he was definitely, he was traded to Florida for Jason Weimer. Yes. Uh, in, two, in 2002. Legend. That's right. And Weimer, now Weimer was, that was a deft <laughs> you know, deadline move. That guy, he had jam. <laughs> yeah. I, I loved Jason Weimer, man. He'll get an episode of this show. Yeah. Point. but um but yeah this was uh this was i just remember getting him dump basically dumping him off in montreal and it was a weird thing that this that era had just ended and i just it was i remember thinking to myself because i was like 23 i was like man i thought this was going to work out differently <laughs> i thought this guy was going to be here for a long time and then he wasn't and so so like you know again like you you know you talked about the poster before the generation next the whole thing where does Lyndon fit in to Islanders history with you. I think if before looking anything up, I may have had the fact that he played in Montreal in the back of my head. Mm. I would have said it was photoshopped. Like there's, <laughs> just, there's, there's no way that he played on the Canadians. Right. Uh, right. I mean, for a, a cup of coffee, you mm. know, whatever. Um, I definitely remember him more as just because as I guess as a New Yorker and when the Islanders are really bad, the Rangers were just living out 94 hard mm. for the rest of the 90s so you I, you kind of just saw replays of the 94 run uh between you know the canucks and and the rangers over and over again and yeah. watched linden play so i i think I'll, I'll only really think of linden in the black and orange uh mm. canucks I, I don't really remember remember him in the second stint i think yeah. Not only at Linden as an Islander, but Linden as and and granted we're in New York and Vancouver's different in Canada and things. He wasn't very good on the other side. He had a couple like when he gets back to Vancouver, he's okay, you know, in his right. early thirties. But he was he was more never, of a checking guy at that point. Like he was, that right, was his, which, his job was to be a checker. At that point. But as a guy who scored thirty goals a season, you know, from the right. time he was eighteen until he gets to Long Island. That it's, I don't, yeah. I don't know what you. Th- I don't know how you even put Linden in the the history of the the league and and captains and different things, just because he had such a tremendous start and it did seem like he was there for a long time because right. he was twenty seven when he left, but he got there when he was when he started eighteen and he had a fifty nine <laughs> points in 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 eighty games. I forget what your note says. Uh, or yeah. you, I think you said second in Calder to to Brian Leach, which is. Yes. Phenomenal, right? Everyone remembers right. each. Hey, 30 goals um, as a rookie. Like, that's crazy. So I, I think it's just by the time he gets to the Islanders that I don't want to, I, I, <laughs> I don't want to say that it put a stain on his legacy as a player. <laughs> it's certainly, you know, when you look at what, and what a lot of people can do is go look at highlights on YouTube or they're going to go to Hockey DB or something and they're going to just, if you never really saw him play, I'm like, all right, this guy was good for a little bit and then he wasn't. Yeah. So as 
as far as the Islanders, it was a it was a transition time. I think it was Milbury trying really hard to make something out of it and maybe didn't have a lot of time. He knew the purse strings were going to get tight. And so he's like, all right, let's do it. But I maybe have two years. And to your point, they were close. Mm. You know, that's 10 points is five wins. You can say yeah. that about, you know, the two years ago team as well. You know, six, seven wins different. Uh, maybe it was eight wins different. They make it in the playoffs. So I, there was there was something there. Maybe, I don't know, maybe in Milbury's craziness, there was some method to, <laughs> um, to his literal madness. But yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know that unless you were there for it or mm. in Mike's case or my case, just even were aware that he existed <laughs> on the <laughs> Islanders. I, I don't know that he has a, a legacy necessarily yeah. with the team and probably by no fault of his own. No, they really yeah, just, it's not, it's not an were... on ice legacy for sure. It's, right. it's like, but I think it's more like I was saying about my brother, like this is the first star trade the Islanders yes. made in, yes. in a lot of people's lifetime. And that's why you see his Jersey, you know, like this, this, this was a big name coming to the Islanders. And like you want, like, I think the uh, flyers game at the end of this regular season, someone sitting four seats to my right had a, had a Linden 32 Jersey. <laughs> so like it's, it's still around and, and, sure. Like you said, his legacy on ice, <laughs> not not much there. Especially, that's that's the case with a lot of players on these teams. But um, yeah, off the ice is I think the nostalgia for him, mm. um, and and certainly like kind of the tongue in cheekness of it. Like he's on Weird Islanders right now. We're talking about him as a Weird Islander, and right. that is uh, you know, when we we were talking about uh during our Rob Shrimp episode with uh Isles chick like doing a, a a weird islanders day where we we try to send out a call to action to 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 the listeners that hey we're all going to go to this game and wear your weirdest islander jersey whether it's you know rob shrimp or kip miller whoever it is but i, I bet you there would be a, a good amount of uh trevor oh, linda jerseys there oh absolutely yeah and uh it's actually funny because i'm like looking at his stats right now and that that second season in 98 99 he had 18 goals 29 assists 47 points that's the last like best season he would have for the rest of his career. He had 41 points in his second year in his second tour with Vancouver. But uh, again, one was as a checking player. By the time he got back to Vancouver, they were in the thick of the Sedin era, right? So this was not his team anymore. This was the Sedin's team. And I think he did a lot of kind of off-ice stuff with them, getting them acclimated to uh, to Canada and, and made them help make them the, the players that they would eventually be. Uh, but another fun fact, so he played 107 games with the Islanders, a total of 28 goals, 36 assists, 64 points. After getting traded, uh, he got traded to Montreal, and his numbers with the Canadians, 107 games, 25 goals, 38 assists for 63 points. So he literally did almost the exact same amount of output with the, <laughs> the Canadians that he did with the Islanders, and then with the Capitals, he only played 28 games. He was like a deadline acquisition, and then he was traded early in the, the following season back to Vancouver. So he only had 28 games, four goals, and, and three assists. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a weird time. Uh, and yeah, the, you know, it's funny, though, that the, you know, the numbers don't really tell much of the story. And I think, I, you know, I hadn't even thought about his health. I mean, if he had knee problems, that would have hampered him for sure. But like that, it is, a, it is kind of a funny thing that we haven't really touched on uh, before in this series where it's like, 
this guy is a is a weird islander. He's a bit of a cult islander, but like, why? Because his numbers aren't the thing. I, I think it's really just the shock of acquiring a guy yeah. who you had heard before. You had heard of this guy before. Like he wasn't some no name weirdo. He was. I awful. think. I, I. I. He's like a a Christmas present jersey almost. Like right. You know, yeah. A lot of kid. A lot of kids who probably were like thirteen or so. Right. You know, in that era. Um. You know, if they wanted an Islander jersey for Christmas or something for their birthday, mm. it was who Linden or or Palfi, and maybe yeah. they wanted to be you know get the the new the new captain in town, the mm. guy who's going to lead them back to the glory days. Well, your parents don't know; they're just going to get okay. <laughs> right, he's yeah. the captain. Right, yeah, he must exactly. be like he must be the best one. Who, who right, even yeah. knows anything about that? And mm. yeah, that's that's part of the history. Uh, without the specifics, because I can't remember of my linden jersey or my brother's trevor linden jersey just my grandpa didn't know any better just got the guy that everyone was getting they might have been the one in the store he knew what a captain was all right i'm gonna get that one right yeah and you know we talk about this too i remember specifically in the ryan smith episode but in other guys episodes too i wonder what trevor linden thinks his islanders legacy is like what like if somebody asked him Dude, what was with that year and a half you spent with the Islanders? <laughs> like, what would he say? I mean, again, he's a smart guy. Like, I'm yeah. sure he would have some some interesting things to say and be like, "Well, you know, the owners were not good, but like, we tried." Well, I think we that's had a it, right? Guys. He it, it's he's gonna get a lot of questions about. No one would actually ask him that unless they were around or aware of that era and what it yeah. may have meant to fans, because you're gonna get caught up in. What was it like dealing with Millberry? What about the right. the jerseys? What about the team and just you know and the craziness and trades and it's it's all kind of there. There's just that fog over that era <laughs> where you're never. It's all related. Everything. Right. Do you, someone you know you brought up a, a trade tree earlier, which I also think yeah. is interesting from the Canucks side of things and how eventually the trade that sends Linden. From Vancouver to the Islanders, and then when he winds up back there with the Sedins, that there's a connection there. But yeah, it's just the the Islanders at that time are are very confusing even now to try to parse out. I think I don't think anyone actually asks him the legit questions. <laughs> no, it would just be us, you know. Right? Yeah. You know, what What was it like? Like, what did and and he would? Uh, I I end up coming up with the same answer. Yeah, the schools were nice. You know, it was, yeah, it was it was fine. But uh, now, like guys of this era, kind like you said, like they just they can't get it, they can't get to the layers that we want to hear. Like we, all right, we've already heard the Millberry stuff. Mm-hmm. We know about the building. We know about the owners. Like we just mean like, do you even bring it up? Like when you're at a party, the at, at you know Vancouver Canucks season ticket holder, do you even say like, oh, you know what's funny? I actually have a story about you know mm-hmm. Claude Lapointe or Doug Huda. I played with them on Long Island and. <laughs> And like, do you, right. do you have like a story where it's like an actual, like normal professional athlete story or was everything just as weird what was as it, it like playing and, with and, Ziggy Palfi or right, you know, yeah. underrated nineties player or like <laughs> any number of, any number of little things like that playing with Char in the beginning of his career. Right. What was it like playing at Nassau Coliseum? Yes. Yeah. Right. Art, did you, did, did a, a ceiling <laughs> tile hit you in the head while you did were, you, did around? you come out with any weird diseases? Yeah. Like what, you know, what's, <laughs> We're so happy to have you back, but right, yeah, exactly. um, yeah. This it was. Um, you know what? To, to that's funny about that era is because you know I don't know if this is your experience too, John, but because of how you know impressionable and young you are, and in at that age, 
it was kind of like with the Yankees, like when I I grew up a really big Yankee fan. So when I kind of popped my head out and, and, you know, took in the real world, I was like, wait a minute. All my teams don't just win all the time. Like, and with the Islanders, I would, you know, pop my head out and be like, wait, every NHL team doesn't have a, an absolute psychopath running the team. You know, this is, this is just unique to the Islanders. Uh, you got the Detroit Red Wings aren't trading away this guy for, for Kirk Muller, who's then like, I got to get out of here. And then you got to you know work on that. There's, there's never a dull, there's dull moments. Where are the dull moments on the Island? Like that's, it's a, a lot of bizarre scars. You got to deal with. We will never know peace. I know that's not the bot. We, we will never know peace on, on Long Island. That is true. With these guys, especially, um, I do have one funny story though from Trevor's time with the Islanders, and and we'll I'll say this here, and then we'll wrap it up. So uh, again, I was an intern at the time, and we used to do the uh, Islanders Game Time magazine. I did the little stories. I interviewed rookies like Zdeno Chara at the time, or like the defensive guys to ask them about you know how they block shots and things like that. And my editor, who was my friend and, and who I worked with at the time. Shall remain nameless because I'm not trying to uh, embarrass anybody, but uh, he did the the big features and he did an article on Trevor and about how he was, you know, he's not just a hockey guy. He was into history and, and like he liked learning about sports history and he was a big fan of like classic rock and learning about, you know, classic rock bands and things like that. And uh, he used to uh, apparently really take in different cities on the road when he was traveling and he was very into like kind of seeing historical sites and knowing what what was going on in that city and things that had happened there. And so he told this story about this time when the Canucks were in Dallas. He said that uh, they were driving uh, down Elm Street. He said to the guys, this was again when he was playing for Vancouver, he said, this is where one of the most famous events in history occurred, meaning the JFK assassination. They were driving past the book depository. And he said, most of them looked at me funny, but for me, I had to pinch myself seeing the grassy knoll and the book suppository building. I don't know how book depository became book suppository. I don't know. How, and I don't know how many people saw it, but Trevor definitely saw it. And uh, he had some words with my friend about how it ended up being book suppository building and uh, how it made him look sort of foolish. I think there might have been a Canadian crew in, in town recently and they were like making fun of him for it. And he was like, no, I said depository. <laughs> there was a typo. Came out book suppository. Uh, but anyway, so I hope, I hope he's gotten over it. This was in 1999, January 20th, 1999. So I like to think he probably laughs it off right now, but just, I want to stay for the record. Trevor Linden did say book depository, not suppository. It was the, Maybe it was his accent. Is that how you say that? In I don't know. <laughs> some kind of diabolical spell check working against us. You know, the Islanders probably had cheap. I don't even know if we were using Microsoft Word back then. Probably some other kind of cheap knockoff, uh, you know, word processing program. But anyway, that always. Whenever I think of Trevor Linden, I think of the book suppository building in Dallas. But anyway, <laughs> I think I just love that he, he's a history junkie. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'm sure that uh, him and I probably would get you know get if I ever run into Trevor Linden, I would definitely. <laughs> I mean, you might. Some, yeah, you you never know. I mean, yeah, uh, but it's, that sounds like a an, an anecdote that you'd hear from one Jeff Merrick. <laughs> Elliot, I got to tell you one quick story about Trevor Linden. <laughs> Trevor Linden, John F. Kennedy, mm. Lee Harvey Oswald, and the the book suppository in Dallas. <laughs> I'll, Dan, I'll tell you my favorite part of those tweets is that it's I look forward to whatever Friedman is doing. 
<laughs> driving <laughs> like, a submarine, stuff like driving that. a submarine. I'm yeah. I'm picturing I'm picturing that. And I can't wait for you to tweet this. Like yeah. or whatever you come up with, but like Friedman for some reason is just eating chicken wings, and and <laughs> Merrick is just telling him about Trevor Linden. And he just looks up and he's like. No, I didn't know that, Jeff. Like, <laughs> well, that's how it started. Was he was always eating? Like he was yeah. always eating something, and then, which is great radio, by the way, when you're always eating. And then, then it became the car cast thing. So that's why I kind of transitioned from food to he's sitting in a different vehicle every time. And now, then I just kind of go off the rails. Like he was working at a uh, hibachi and Benny Hanna one time. Oh, that got me. The one that the one that I still think about and laugh you know out loud just like when if, if it crosses my mind is is the the wicked one where he's oh, yeah. in, in his community theater yeah. rendition of wicked because yeah. i just i just get this you know a great picture of, of you know yeah. elliot friedman off stage just yeah. real quick answering a question about right uh, you know bruce boudreaux is Ga- <laughs> you know what do you think could you spare us a few thoughts about gabby and right. what what this means for gabby elliot it's a an incredible bit, and one that I know both of them both of them very much appreciate. Oh, I'm glad to, and, I'm and, glad to hear and, that. And get a get a kick out of the. I was uh, gonna say if Merrick did tell the story about the book suppository building, he would he would it would start with 20 minutes about Trevor Linden's exploits with the Medicine Hat Tigers. Right, <laughs> he was also a standout player, obviously as well. But no, I appreciate it. I, I like to keep him coming, but I, I'm afraid. I, hopefully, I don't like burn the joke out one day that's always, that's always I, I think i think you would have already if it if it was burn outable that's true yeah i, guess. I don't think it is i think that this is that the people demand more yeah it yeah. retires when they retire yeah <laughs> it's a set it's an point. ongoing yeah. bit and right. satire on a thing that continues to exist so you can continue <laughs> to just play off of that until i don't know it's 39 it's... thoughts the podcast yeah. or 57 <laughs> thoughts whatever the nhl turns into and However many years when Atlanta yeah. gets their th- their second team, Toronto has six teams, and right. Quebec still doesn't have hope, one. We better hope that Houston doesn't get another Arrows because then Jeff will be unstoppable. He'll be just talking. He'll be mixing new NHL expansion Houston Arrows with the uh, World Hockey Association Arrows and AHL Arrows, and it'll be a, it'll be a disaster. It'll be terrible. Speak, not- that's a that's a to bring it back to the Islanders. Thinking about this era and and Charles Wong and even maybe even just after that, that the Islanders were almost gone from Long Island. I vividly remember that. Oh, yeah. And they, they were, oh, they were going to Kansas City. I'm sure you yeah. talked about it on, you know, here or how's anxiety. Like, talk about talk about anxiety. It, it yeah. could have been whatever they were going to wind up being. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that is, uh, you know, a big part of why we uh, always are talking so much about the Leafs and how they're tortured fan base, <laughs> according to their own media contingent. Um, right. That, that feels terrible for their fans, despite right. their amazing amazing amount of money in their coffers and the fact that they will never move. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I yeah. said that to my friends who are Flyers fans all the time. Like, I get it. The team drives you crazy. They suck. They haven't won a cup in forty years. Whatever. At least you guys didn't move. <laughs> yeah. Almost move. Like yeah. at least you guys had people that like paid the bills as opposed to the Islanders who didn't for a long time. So uh, three oh, yeah, separate that was like a second away from printing his own money. Yeah, <laughs> in, in, yeah, in, exactly. in, Like with with his own face on it. Like he yeah. was. I'm surprised the fisherman logo didn't. It doesn't doesn't look like Spano. Yeah, I, I, I and as Dan said, he he wasn't even the worst of them. No. And the, I mean, how many owners have you had that are that did jail time? Because the Islanders, it's five. 
So I don't know if you can top that. I would be very surprised. But uh, yeah, it's there's, like there's, a storied there's franchise. One, there's like one kind of Venn diagram uh, that that a lot most teams just will never understand uh, experience, and the the Islanders are a big part of that mm. part of the Venn diagram. And and this era was yeah <laughs> a big reason why uh, we we Definitely. understand Coyotes fans' pain and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Thrasher fans. Yeah, that's true. North Star fans, etc. That's an interesting comparison. But every once in a while, like a Trevor Linden shows up, and you're like, "Holy shit, this guy's good! What is he doing here? He was only 27. That we yeah. we completely messed that part. He was 27 when he came to the Islanders. He was still young and good, and it's just nothing ever came of it. But what are you gonna do? All right. Well, this has been awesome, <laughs> John. I can't tell you how much fun we've had going down. Again, this is a perfect guy we we i'm glad i put him on the list even though we had you know a few too many games than some of these other guys but i'm glad you picked him because this has been great i hope you had a good time oh it was awesome i was hoping i didn't know what the criteria was for the weird part because i think that the, i i didn't know if it was like you just know this is a weird dude but no we're talking about guys that that it's a very short amount of time so it's like you, yeah. you know again linden cliff ronning Felix Potvin. I can't wait for the Cliff Ronning episode. <laughs> I almost did that because the Chris Osgood anthology. Uh, Chris Osgood would have been good. I ha- I still have a little figurine of him. Uh, so do I. I'm, look- yeah. I'm looking at, at a Chris Osgood figurine right well, now. Yeah, it's actually a, a is he like thing. doing the stack the stack yes. the pads thing? Oh yep. yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Okay, we all have we all have the yeah. same one. But there, there's a bunch of uh, yeah. Cliff Ronning is good. He was an epic player in the the early uh, yeah maybe yeah, in some game. of the video games. Because yeah. he was so small and fast, right? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, you would have thought that he was the f- the fastest man alive. But. <laughs> and he had a um, a deal with CCM. So mm-hmm. if you're if you played hockey in the early two thousands um, with you know still using wood sticks, they used his curve for like commercial sticks. I remember like getting blades and things, and it was Mike Medano, Iserman, Forsberg, Cliff Ronning. That's- <laughs> Uh, Osgood is on the same exact plan basically for us that Lyndon is and that he played 103 games. But again, he's he's definitely a weird Islander because it was like a season and change. And it's such an out, weird outlier for this guy's career and for the Islanders that he has to be considered weird. But my favorite thing about Chris Osgood, and he'll get an episode at some point, I promise. But he was traded for two other weird Islanders, Jeremy Colleton and Justin Papineau. <laughs> so like it becomes a whole a whole thing, a whole web of weird islanders going on but uh yeah no we we uh you know there's it there are a lot of different reasons why guys are weird islanders and and as and as time goes on other islanders will be weird and uh yes. this will just go on forever you're you're doomed you have to do this <laughs> we're stuck yeah. here but as you said this is we'll never know peace as islanders fans uh but uh this again this has been great i'm glad you had a great time uh so nasa men hockey podcast is the place to go uh, I know you, I watch you guys usually on YouTube, but you know, people can subscribe. So where can everybody uh, find the podcast and uh, you and James? Uh, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at NASA and hockey. And um, I don't write anymore, but you can find on YouTube. Like I said, at NASA and hockey, we have a link tree in our Twitter. You can click around. I don't update our Instagram as much anymore because <laughs> now I edit the podcast and it's a lot on its own. Uh, with the video and everything um we're gonna try to do weekly throughout the summer we've historically done that um Mm -hmm. and when everyone's like dying for content we seem to be one of the only ones kind of doing it so we we don't mind even if there's not a whole lot to talk about um i i'm not sure about the next couple weeks because i'm doing a i have to travel for work and some different things but um 
we got to have both of you. On. I want to do a roundtable mm. of like the the I don't know, like the the Joe Buonos, the Lighthouse mm. folks, us, and maybe and maybe a couple other shows uh, through the island or something. I wanted to do like a post mortem on the season with everybody. I just. I, I'm, so I'm putting it in the universe. So maybe more people <laughs> will tweet us and like make this happen. Yeah. Um, you know, Twitter I mean, spaces can be messy and things like that. But I wanted to do like an actual postmortem um, on the future of the team. It just never. I mean, let us know. We'll, we'll be here. We don't. You know, our schedule is sort of. Uh, we set it up at the Patreon, but uh, I mean, I'll, I'll be interested because like, we've we've had almost all you guys on on the show. So I mean, you know, we've all kind of talked, and it's a great group. So uh, yeah, no, we're in. Let me know. Yeah, everyone knows yeah. everybody at this yeah, point. Our, our schedule is contingent on on Kyle Dubis's schedule at this point. <laughs> That's how we we record. Dubis does something. All right, let's right. fire up the microphones. We're in a, we're in a bit of limbo right now, basically. <laughs> yeah, but but, but uh, we'll find fine. out. But yeah, everybody needs to check out NASA and Hockey. You guys do such a great job, and and you've been doing it for a long time. So keep it up. Yeah. Whenever you if you take a break, I'll be there when when you get out. So I can't wait. Thanks, uh, no problem, uh, Michael Leboff. Where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lebowski with with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski, read his work, and listen to his work at Action Network. Any final thoughts on Trevor Linden, New York Islanders, passing through Superstar, I guess we could call it. Yeah, it's a, you know, Long Island is a place you don't pass through, right? It's an island. You got to go over bridges to get there, and once you're on it, you got to go over a bridge to get off of it, and you're likely getting off of it the way you came. And that's exactly what Trevor Linden did. He stopped here. Yeah. went back from whence he came basically uh with a a little detour up up and down the the coast so uh keep wearing those trevor linden jerseys he's he definitely means something to a lot of people uh in this fan base and uh, we're here for it we're here we're here to support that um so there you go you know, beautiful beautifully beautifully done john beautifully done dan and <laughs> thank you trevor for everything yes perfectly said <laughs> Poetic. Uh, listen to Lighthouse. Read Lighthouse Hockey every single day. If you want to up-to-date Islanders news and discussion, sign up at patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety to hear ad-free episodes of this podcast, plus all of our bonus stuff. Visit vintageicehockey.com. Visit thepinoproject.com. And uh, we will talk to you again soon with another Weird Islander. So until then, keep the Islanders weird. And we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.